0: this episode of the crown refs podcast is brought to you by referee store.com to save 15% on all united attire products enter crown 15 at checkout we hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen have a great rest of your day
1: thank you for listening to the crown refs podcast
2: the audio experience for basketball officials Serve the game,
3: Zach. Before we get rocking, just tell me uh, some of your takeaways from this IPR.
2: Uh, big takeaways, I would say, uh, is just slow down in the processing mode. Um, there are a lot of times where I didn't give myself that that beat to be able to process of like what I actually saw and what kind of contact it was. So you know, a lot of a lot of fouls that I called were hand checks, and there weren't hand checks.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, I watched pretty much every single. I watched through the whole game multiple times, and there are a lot of times I was just shaking my head. I'm like, "Why am I calling this a hand check?"
4: Mm-hmm. I'm
2: like, "Why is this my go-to signal? It's like one of the <laughs> yeah, one of the weakest ones." <laughs> um, trail positioning was the other one. Yeah, God, my trail positioning was. Not at a level. I'll say it. I'll say it. I like nice that. Time.
3: That's some mindset not, stuff right there. What you just not at like. a
2: level that I would, I would like it to be at.
3: I just want to stop right there. I'm trying to get in. You know, we talk about positive self-talk, and with regards to like mistakes that we make on the court, we've all been guilty of this. But like, oh my god, that was horrible. Or how the how the fuck did I miss this one? Or, but what Zach just did was he was about to go down that road but you just reframed it and it's just going to lead to more overall confidence with you and just a better mindset. So I I just wanted to stop you there and give you props for that. Something I'm I'm really leaning into this, this year, you know, mistakes are learning opportunities and everything is a a blessing. Uh, Keep going. Anything else?
2: Uh, third thing was just lead positioning. I feel like I'm too disconnected from the play. A lot yeah. of plays and if i really just stepped in as really a step and a half two steps i would be in feel like a much better mm-hmm. much better spot yeah great so there was those are probably the three big things
3: yeah i think you hit right? it on the on the nose um I, a lot of the come con- across a lot of the content in in my report had to do with those categories so um Let's uh. No, before we start, was this the first time you've kind of had an awakening about your positioning?
2: Um. So kind of not. Well, it's really, it's really a second time because it's funny. Uh, my buddy and one of my high school officiating mentors, they watched part of this game as well, and they were telling me similar things that you were telling me. But I think it, for me, it almost having a second pair of eyes and a second opinion on it. Uh, really kind of just like finally made it click. I was like, wow. Good. Um you know, something I feel like getting to the 28 foot mark and making that my home is something that I've already been actively working on since this game. Cause this was pretty mm-hmm. I mean at this point this was almost a year ago. So February game. So um but still at the same time, you know, I haven't officiated a lot of basketball lately because I've been so busy with High school football that is just really good reminders for me to not slip and slip back into those bad habits that you know i had for the first couple of years of you know two two person officiating
3: right so, all right why don't you uh why don't you pull up 752 uh first quarter and we'll say hello to sharice and dion thank you guys for coming how you been dion you're looking good on that uh cover
0: hey y'all uh, yeah <laughs>
3: Looking forward to seeing what I'm gonna, you know, see, uh, listen
0: tonight. Always appreciate you, Miss Frazier. Oh, uh,
3: thanks,
0: Paul. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. I'm I'm driving, so
3: yeah. Thanks for joining us, D. Yeah. And we got Steve from Australia hopping in. All right. So first play. Uh, one of the comments was just too deep in the lead position. Uh, My question for you was, do you feel comfortable so deep in the lead? And let's just uh, give everybody a a look at what we mean. So this is to the opening possession. Um, Real quick, before, Zach, just hold it up. Um, We just have to um, enhance the video. Do you have the uh, option to enhance video so it doesn't skip? Any uh, I can't hear you you're muted.
2: Was it optimized for video clip? Yeah,
3: exactly. Yep. Okay, perfect. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Yep. All right, so just right now, too deep in lead. I think we should be basically on the edge of the black line and really not much deeper than that. I mean, it's going to vary based on your size and your height, and I want ultimately I want you to be comfortable, but I just think this is this lacks that connection to the play. And so let's just take probably one two steps closer to the end line. Let it run. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Zach, could you just lower the game uh, volume a little bit? Yeah. Thanks. Do that. Do that. All right, 727, you have a file coming up. Uh, remember, good, good habits, just signal-wise, is to use the outside hand. It's more of a preference. It's nothing written in stone, but uh, pretty simple just like a, a foundation for us uh, outside hand not when we're calling fouls, the hand closest to the uh, end line, your nearest end line. Um, 727, did we miss something? Uh, a good signal. Mm-hmm to get into is using the outside to point and stop the clock in this case the ball went out on the right sideline so stop the clock and point with the right hand okay yet had an out-of-bounds play so just stopping it with the right pointing with the right could you rewind that one second yeah I will um, let's flatten out your point I, I notice officials sometimes they're stopping the clock with that bent hand so I just think a flatter hand going straight up it's our best look
2: I, hate how, I don't like i dislike how much i am counting too much counting
3: yeah all right so yeah just stay with the right hand there and try to get the arm up a little bit straighter uh, let's see here a little far away on that inbounds i would take a i wouldn't i wouldn't i would take a step closer to that inbounder there um next play we have is 633 633. Oh. There's a lot of notes on this on this part, which is good. Six thirty-three. Um, excellent decision to penalize this illegal contact by the fender. One takeaway is to slow down. Here's what I notice about your signaling. Did it just get blurrier on on us?
0: Yeah, it looks like really pixelated on my end.
2: Let me see if I can pull it back. Should be. Turn the optimized thing off, on and back on again. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if it fixes
3: it. That looks good. Better. Yeah. Let's see how uh, okay. the motion looks. Yeah, cool. Uh, let's just watch. Just watch how explosive your arm goes up. Move, and then you're very quick to signal what the foul is. That's something I want you to cut out immediate, uh, all and all together. Just fist, unless it's a block play or a charge, or you have to indicate a hit to the head, or just something that we normally signal on the spot don't need to show an immediate push because that that's a, one of the trends throughout this game is when you call a foul, you're immediately doing something after that. And in most cases it's the hand check, which I'd rather you do a push than a hand check quickly. Right. Um, but it's all about process and and how quickly you did those two signals in that split second of time, your mind is going twice as fast as that. Because oh. what your body just showed. So just imagine how much your mind is racing based off, you know, physically what you're showing. So just slow it down, just punch the sky, and then just stay planted. Let's uh, watch that again. Um, So your foul signal is a little too quick and explosive. I think you could tone it down a few levels. Push. Your push signal also is too fast, and try to have a cadence between each one that being said there's no need to signal a foul type on the spot especially for obvious fouls okay number of shots on the spot i'm sure you've heard me talk about that it's just something that younger newer officials do or old school officials do and i don't want anyone to fall in those two categories just yet um, it's just a, it's just an observation I have, and uh, it just makes us look like a rookie, to be honest with you. I remember I heard Mike Eads, he's a Final Four official, the SEC coordinator. I heard him say that one time at a camp, probably 2015, um, and it really resonated with me, and it's just like, it's excess, just too much, don't need to do it. Um, Let me just finish shots on the spot. You are fundamentally correct by showing all these signals on the spot. The problem is they are unnecessary, and we should look to reduce the excess signals. You'll be working college very soon, and this is something that you don't see as you move up the level or skill. Your table reporting looks much better. Um, However, it's still a little robotic. Can we go check your report one more time? Yeah, Let me It's a little robotic. I want you to smooth in the transition between each signal. I'm sorry, go back one more frame. Let's check out your positioning first. You you look a little straight-lined. All right, so back it up. Back it up to the start of that drive. Positioning impacts play calling. Here we go. I'll tell you when to freeze it. Freeze. So you're you're right now you're straight-lined. I, I would like you to take probably one to two steps to the right. This way it'll give you a better angle to see inside those two players and the point of contact versus the straight-line position that you're in now. So just take right. a, one or two steps just a little bit wider. Yeah, I just thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, if I was a little bit outside of, like,
2: where the where the black hits the the end of the uh the end line um outside of that sea would be yeah. probably be a much Absolutely. better Absolutely, yep right at, right outside
3: than... the sea for sure yeah okay let's check you out your report mm-hmm. uh maybe the numbers are a little too outward and the push is a little too outward too so maybe bend the bend the arms a little bit when you're reporting instead of straight arms Connor did you okay. see did you look a little straight to you
2: yeah that's what I was gonna say like I know like when I report I'm more like I still got like a little bit of bend it looked like it was a little far out.
3: But I'm noticing the evolution with, with your signaling. I know you've, you've sent me videos from like the time you joined to then like a few months later until now. So I'm, I, I like the progression that I'm seeing. And I hopefully this rep, hopefully if I were to watch you ref right now, you would look 100 times better just off all that information that's in the report. Let's go to 612, there it is, here it is. Um, I think this is one of the, all right, good. So this is an example of trail positioning. Can we start at the the beginning of the possession? Hey, Steve, how you doing, by the way? Good to see you, pal. Hey, how are you? Appreciate you coming, man. Hope the family's well. Yeah, they do well. Thank you. Yes, yes, sir. Steve produces a podcast for Andrew Bogut. All right, go ahead, Zach. I'd like to see you get up the court a little bit sooner, Um, but let's stay more sideline-oriented. Now, I know in a two-person game, sometimes we're going to have to come out onto the court. However, this is way too far out on the court because this is your partner's primary. So what your partner should have did here, is the lead in a good position to ref this play? So we gotta, he has to get more in line with the ball. He's gotta rotate wider or, or, or adjust to a wider angle to be straight line with the ball. And then that's gonna be his primary coverage area. As Soon as the ball were to curl back towards the paint area, then you would take over that responsibility. But right now you're you're just looking too far out of your zone. I think we need to be right right around where this arrow is. Can you see the arrow? You can't see my uh, eyes on that screen sharing yeah um, no i can't see
2: it
3: <laughs> yeah i mean three a you know, little higher than three point line extended and then in between this blue and black line pretty much you know um okay let it play yeah because i'm having to adjust a
2: ton Just um, so much unnecessary movement like
3: yeah, and understand too when the ball is leaving your primary and your lead is accepting it. And just, you know, s- still too far out on the court. Got to get back to the sideline, sideline oriented. Uh, I want you to be more sideline oriented in this play. It's the lead's primary coverage. Step down and shift your eyes to the players in front of you. Um, next play happens at six oh one. Do you have those graphics?
2: Yeah, yeah, I have them up on my phone.
3: Can you screenshot? Oh, on your phone? Okay.
2: Yeah, I have them up on my phone because I've the,
3: the actual IPR pulled up on my phone. I want to show the group the uh, little um, the, the picture illustrations. I can pull it up on my email real quick. Cool. Let me stop my hair real quick and I'll pull up my email. I did a little bootleg edit. But it did the job. Oh, 100%. I cut Zach out and replaced him in the proper position.
2: Reshare share here all right let me get down to that
3: here are the first two yeah so this is just dating back to the last play that we looked at it gives you guys a little bit better of a visual of what i was saying uh obviously in the top one too far out in trail in the middle of the court and he's looking at at the wrong matchup. Um, And then if you look down at the bottom one, relocated him to focus on the players in the paint. So, thank you, Zach. Absolutely. All right, let me go back. Uh, next play 527. We probably don't have to watch this one. This is a point for all of you guys. Um, I'm noticing on the high school level we're very quick to start a five second count, five second closely guarded. and what that does is just speeds us speeds everything up. It's like A1 gets the ball. Then A1 dribbles, we're going with the left hand and then A1 picks up the ball we're go- and then when A1 passes to A2, it's the same thing. and then we're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. So for for you guys, just this year, five seconds is something we're probably not going to call all year. You might have one closely guarded five-second call. Watch. It's going to happen to one of you four times this year because I just said that. But the point is you don't have to rush a, a foul that we rarely even call. So just have that perspective. Let's go to 331. You have a rebounding foul. Does anybody feel that that they're they're sped up during the five second closely guarded counts? Yeah, Portia. Absolutely. Taylor, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Well, Paul, just is that to a to is that a, a request? Sorry, I'm sorry, Steve. I'll get to you one second. What were you saying, Taylor?
4: Oh, I was just saying I was good. How are you?
3: Good. Thanks for coming. Appreciate you. Good yeah. seeing you. What were you saying, Steve? What?
1: Sorry, Paul. In in um, in that that system, that closely guarded count is that a requirement of that of that rule set? Because in FIBA we wouldn't be that quick off the mark. I, I wouldn't think.
3: Well, it's required. It's required for us to count five seconds closely guarded. But what I'm noticing is officials are very quick to start that count, and it just, and they're doing it every time there's a new possession started. I really don't start my five second count to like a one has had the ball a second and then i'll just find out a way to catch up and make sure it's five seconds and not like 6.5 um just an observation of mine
1: sorry can i sorry i was like this can i ask one more question Absolutely. The, the the lead in the trail seem to be on opposite sides of the court from normal is that
3: uh this is a I just two, that and, this is a two-person game uh, do you guys do it differently in FIBA, where you would have two officials on the strong side?
1: Um, generally, I would come down. the. If I was on trail where this guy is on lead, I'd be on, I'd be over where the player is on the left side of the court, and the lead guy would be on the right. And the left.
3: On, I'm trying yeah. to un- understand what you're saying. Would they All be on the
1: the positioning on, like, where the where the lead guy is on the baseline, there we would be on the other side from that.
3: Oh, just because where the ball is, you're saying?
1: Maybe I'm just looking at it in reverse. It just looks backwards to me.
3: But we have one official on the left side in the lead, and the other officials on the right side in trail. Are you saying you guys do it differently in FIBA?
1: Lead in tra- well, lead and trail would be the same. They'd just be on opposite sides from where they. Where those guys are standing, I would have thought it. I mean, you would move around on trail as required. Um, maybe discussion for another day. It just looks bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in Australia, so everything's upside (laughs) down here, of
3: course. Gotcha. Um, at three thirty-one. So let me just read the notes before we press play. When we call a rebounding foul that's going down the court, simply stop the clock and point the new direction. So that's for all you guys on rebounding fouls when we go the other way. It shouldn't just be a foul and then nothing because we have to narrate what happened. So it's foul and then new direction and then report the foul white. Usually it's a push in the back or a hold and then add a new directional point after that as well. So you're adding a directional point on the spot and then you're gonna report the foul and add a directional point after you show the foul signal. Um, so on this play, you call the foul, and then you immediately signal the hand check, almost like you have to prove every to everybody what the foul is. This was a right. holding. I know the feeling, bro. I know what, exactly what you're doing. I've been there. This was holding. This was a holding foul as the defender grabs the offensive player from behind. So report a hold and don't signal the foul type on the spot. All right, you can let it play. Good, good, excellent, excellent. So just replace replace your hand check signal with the point.
2: Right? Right. It would look so much cleaner.
3: Yeah, and slow it down too. Remember cadence. One, two. Should be like two seconds. Boo. I mean, that's that's just a random number, but you gotta you gotta let it breathe. So the fist needs to breathe point needs to breathe They needs to be separate they shouldn't they shouldn't bleed into each other um what was one other point and did you see how the contact is also a hold because it's a wrap from behind
2: oh yeah no i i 100 agree with you uh in my notes i wrote in all caps definitely a hold okay quit I mean, hand checking
3: <laughs> i mean we're, we're not going to get in trouble by reporting right. the wrong foul type I, I was always told, like, oh, make sure you report what happens because a coach is going to call you. It's never happened. They're never going to call you on that. That's a bad, that's just a bad conversation for them to get into. Like, why did you report a hold when it was a push? It's, it's not something that's going to cause trouble for us. But what I do realize is if we're reporting the wrong foul, then we don't have full self awareness on the play and we don't see the play with 100% clarity. So understanding exactly what happened. The foul type, this is gonna to lead to more accuracy from you. Make sense? Right on. Yeah. Um, next one, 247, step down in trail. I want I want you to start working the 28 foot mark. So everybody sees the 28 foot mark there, right in front of the coach's bench. That should be our baseline, or let me use a different word. That should be our starting point um for trail positioning. Okay, so right now, with the ball opposite where it is, I would be 28 foot mark. I mean, you would have to move out of the stack that A2 is is in, you wouldn't wanna get stacked behind A2, but either you're gonna right. be like a foot in front of him or a foot below him. But all this space between you and A2, we need to eliminate that space. So get get closer um, on this. Okay, so let's let it play because then that's what happens. Then they pass the A two, and now we're we're stacked, right? right. So we have to so you gotta be at the 28 foot mark. So as soon as he passes it to A2, you have the intuition to know that you have to take a step down to see this contested jump shot now. Right. Because no, there's no way you can see a hit. Huh. now I shouldn't say that. You're not gonna have a 100% open view when you're stacked like this and this, this far away. So you're almost like doing- Kind of down here. Absolutely. You're almost doing that lead up work that's gonna put you in the right position on the current position, but having a feel for that next position and where that next play is gonna be. Um, So remember we need to see in between each matchup and should get a side angle on this one to do so. So far, the positioning and trail has been a major theme and this will now start to become a strength. That's what it's all about, finding your weaknesses, and turning them, not improving them, turning them into strengths, it like advantages. That's my mindset behind like mistakes and things we need to improve. I I don't want to improve them a little. I want that to now be the best thing I do. Right. Two thirty-five. You got a foul and lead. My question to you is: What does the defender do wrong? Upon review, could you have held your whistle on this play? Let's check. Let's check it out.
2: Yeah, there's nothing. I got nothing there. I basically penalized good defense. That's what I, that's what what I wrote.
3: Why'd you blow the whistle? Was the defender just too close to them, which sped you up in anticipation of a foul?
2: I think I was anticipating a second hand on the poke, but really, you know, I, we talked, I talked about this with my buddies, like, couldn't you just save the foul? And let's couldn't bring it- you just saved a foul and just called it out of bounds i mean was the contact severe enough for
4: mm-hmm.
2: at a point where it needed the game needed it which it really didn't at this point
3: you just bring it back 10 seconds for us yeah also positioning wise calling through the paint on the weak side when we're in lead um just didn't think you had a great angle here just a little far away yeah
2: yeah, I think it was a
3: something that I need to
2: continue to work on, is just trusting my partner.
3: Yep. I now, wasn't
2: trusting this guy.
3: Did we have the option to go out of bounds? And if so, would we have stayed here? Let's take a look. Let's see. I think I'm going to play behind.
2: We'll let it run for a second.
3: Is after this play. Yeah, 235. Yeah, you could let her play.
2: Yeah, it definitely was going to. I mean, it was definitely it went off. It went
3: off B one's
2: foot, the green, the green defender's foot. So,
3: I think it, it. I think it went out kind of after the play was already over. So, I, in that case, I don't look at that as an option to go either foul or out of bounds. I just look at it as a premature whistle. But do you know the plays I'm talking about where it's like, okay, a little contact ball goes out of bounds and as you're deciding you're like your fist goes up i want you guys to just process that and understand the times when we have those options and if so can we just go out of bounds now i'm not saying ignore illegal contact i'm not saying ignore things that you have to clean up but there's plenty of times where i'm about to call a foul and i get an out of bounds call whoop and it's just it's like the easy answer just pops up right And it's not just with fouls and out of bounds. It could be, um, yeah, it's fouls and out of bounds. Could be a block charge out of bounds or deflection versus out of bounds, stuff like that. Uh, Next play we're looking at is two twenty-two free throw violation. All right, this is a rule play, so we can all uh, chime in here. All right, two twenty-two. We have a free throw play here. What's the correct ruling uh right now Z all right but I I would I would like you right here the whole time and not even drift below the baseline there with the ball I wasn't sure you were, why you were so far down there oh I mean, why I
2: was so why I was so deep
3: Yeah like where you have the ball now I feel like is where we should always be when we're administering that free throw as the lead yeah
2: no i agree i don't know why i stepped so far back
3: it's a microcosmic thing that has nothing to really do with the game but again we're piecing together all of these little 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 things that we can add up and you could be a, a new ref and right have, you know these new updates so all right let it run what do we got who's got who's got the whistle I didn't well, no I know I was by. asking the group what do we got it's a violation we okay really be more violation on who
1: uh can't say the number the guys over there that stepped in early
3: which one though let's go back to the first free throw Or, or we we know we have players stepping in early. We just got to figure out who violated first or what the correct ruling should be.
1: Uh, so, I One thought it was a free. One thing I dislike
2: about
3: NFA just now it's so hard to get to timestamps. Hmm. Zach, can you uh, unoptimize and then optimize again? I'm not sure yeah. why it's doing this. Oh, hold on. Well, uh...
2: sorry, guys, it's playing when I don't want it to play. So,
3: you're to... good. You're good. The word of the week is patience.
4: We'll
3: unclick that. Click that back. Better. Yeah, thank you. Yep. All right, so somebody make the call here.
1: Tough. White goes in early.
0: White goes in early. White and then the the opponent, from
3: what I can tell, yeah.
0: So yeah, we should have killed that free throw.
3: How would you kill it?
0: Blow you whistle
3: like violation. On white. Yeah, wave it off. Mm -hmm. Zach, we got to see it one more time because I think it's closer than we than we think. Yeah, so stop the clock, wave it off. I think it's, I still think green went in first. Oh, you think green went in first?
2: Oh, I still think, I'm still. Is that who you,
3: that's who you called it on?
2: That's who I called it on, yeah.
3: Did you process? they kind of like. Did you process that white went in too, or did you just kind of react? I did process that
2: you went in. They were kind of the way I saw, they were kind of like jostling jostling a little bit pre-shot for rebounding position. Green knocks White off balance. Green puts a foot in first. And then I saw White.
1: You can make the case here that the trail ref probably had a better view on that. Maybe he should have made that call. Like from the angle that you're standing on on the baseline, you probably wouldn't have had as good an angle on that on that play
2: well yeah as, as I the, 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 the yeah. white rebounder i wouldn't be looking at him anyways
1: yeah yeah because so because those
2: those two up top are his
3: let's just his look primary. one more time just look one more time and then we'll talk about the three possibilities it could have been we don't have to um like not that we're debating but we don't have to get to the right answer of what the correct call should have been because i think it's close and i think we need to watch it a few times and slow it down and all that stuff but i want to talk about the three different options that it could be could be either violation on the defender violation on the offense or double violation so violation on the defense pretty simple we're going to just put that fist up the delayed violation Um, now, Zach, you should have had. You should have had your. If you're going to call it on green, then we should have went pending violation, right? Yeah, I had a fist out, didn't I? I don't know. The screen got blurry again. Is it still blurrier? Or... Is it blurry on your end, guys? Yes. Yeah, it's okay. blurry.
4: It's
3: green. Yeah
2: because I'm looking at it right now and both of us had fist
3: out. Okay, disregard then. So uh, what would, so as Cherise said, if, if let's say green doesn't violate and the offense steps in, then we're gonna boo, kill the play with a nice wave off. If that's the last free throw, you know, we're pointing the new direction and then indicate the spot. Um, if it's the first free throw, we're gonna kill that one and they'll get one shot left. And what about double violation? What do we got there? They step in at the same time.
2: They step in at the same time, and then there won't be another shot.
3: This is the, the, the last of one, right? Right. So uh, there won't be another shot, then what? Then
2: it. We will resume at the the point of
3: interruption, wouldn't it? we have someone step in.
0: No, it should be if that's the case. We um, hey, go with the possession arrow. Oh, that's
2: right. Yeah, it is the arrow.
0: Yeah, because then they didn't have a chance to rebound to determine who has possession on the ball, so we had to go to the possession arrow. Right. No,
3: that's right. So how I'll do that is I'll stop the clock and then strong held ball signal. As they both step in, they both step in, boop, 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 hell ball. And then to know whose ball it is right away, that's three signals right in a row. It's a way to, you know, really showcase yourself and show that you're running the game. Anytime we have those layered plays and multiple signals in a sequence for us to know them all in unison, you know, with a nice cadence to each one of them, it's going to make us really look good. All right, we can move on from the free throw play. Thank you perfect john Sc- scamera welcome
1: sorry i'm late
3: oh I'm happy you're here uh miss travel 113 did you ha- did you think this was a walk 113 you said 113 Damn, we got a lot of plays here All right, so miss get your eyes to the feet of A1 to determine his legality but more importantly step down to be in a dependable position to see in between the opponents. No no more ref from the back, ref from the side. That just means you're, you're not you're not stacked, you're in between. 13 coming up. Zach's fixing his hair. Hair looked great that game, by the way. <laughs> All right, what do we got? Was that a walk? And let's look at the positioning. I think you got to be more sideline oriented because you might have been slightly stacked. Boom, stop it. Uh, I want you to just bring it back to where A1 catches the ball. Where he catches? Yeah. we well, just notice when he catches the ball, you're standing right behind him, pretty much. Uh, again, 28 foot. Should be right at that 28 foot mark.
2: Almost got there
3: and then, okay. <laughs> then
2: I got then I got straight lines here.
3: Did you I know it's a little blurry, did you did you think that was a travel?
2: Oh yeah. Okay,
3: good. His pivot, yeah. His left was his pivot and his pivot slid a good two feet. All right, let's uh let's go to twenty three four. You got a block charge play. We love those. Why are they so fun? Is it because it can go either way? Is that why we like it? I think
2: so. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's just there's so much adrenaline where everybody's like anticipating the call. hmm
1: I always tell and people you know, in mentoring that half the crab will love you and half the crab will hate you no matter what you call. Exactly. You know there's gonna be half of them groaning, half of them are gonna be Yeah.
3: block charge play did you pick up the legality of the defender before the crash or were you watching the ball and reacted to the contact oh yeah i was watching the ball anybody notice it
2: he was legal he was legal as all hell
3: anybody have any (laughs) tips for zach on positioning here zach can you bring it back one more time yeah what do we think of his positioning
0: Oh, I'm like
1: Oh, you should be close.
0: Up. Is he off the inline? Because I it's out of my screen. I can't see him.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm out, out I'm out of the screen. I'm out of the
0: screen.
3: He's in Texas right now. Okay.
2: We're <laughs> <laughs> we standing on the R, the E or the R.
3: Yeah, I should be around, right right around here. Yeah, and deep you were deep too. Again, you were by the wall here, so it's just a tough call when you're that far away. Um, were you looking at the defender at all, or were you just kind of watching the ball?
2: I think I was kind of watching the ball, but at the same time, I don't. I feel like this would be a tough play too to even officiate from the R, just because of this help defender kind of getting in the way of our.
3: Yeah, I mean he's making it slightly more challenging, but. Only because you're 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 at the angle that you are at. I think if you step a little closer to where you indicated in the R or E, you'd probably be able to see through it. Okay. Um. And let's just look at that contact one more time. Looked like he was legal. Arms straight up. Does he move on the airborne shooter? and then you got to let the play run. Because you had the ball here. Ah, you let it go. You let it go. Again, this is just a small thing, but, like, it looks so much better, and we're in such more control of the game. Again, patience. We don't have to rush. I know it's the ball, but it came right into your space, so just stop what you're doing, grab it, give it to your partner, and then go report the foul. Wouldn't you say that looks better? Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, I do it so much now. I'm diving for loose balls. To retrieve the ball. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm not diving for loose balls. Just seeing who's up. Um all right, we got a lot lot more plays to look at. So let's pick the best ones. Um which one We're just starting the second quarter. That was a lot in the first quarter, man.
2: Yeah, I know. There's Um, one play that you didn't have on the IPR that I want to look. I want the the crew to look at just to give me tips on it because it was a play that I, there's no reason that my partner should have been calling the foul, but he really bailed me out on a three point shooting foul.
3: Okay. I want to pull that play
2: up. Yeah, I'll pull up. Let's see. Yes, 537. That's where it was. It wasn't a, it wasn't on the IPR but I thought it was a really good play to look at
3: mm-hmm. yeah I missed some things too uh, oh, this is... should be after should be after this these players got some nice posters hanging up I know fire content I need to, I need to make those for you guys, put them up in my house.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, it must've been after it It was after this out of bounds. That's right. Cause
2: it was a corner. It was a corner three point shooter. Now my partner bailed me out. I'm sorry. Or wait, did I have a fist on that? Maybe I did have a fist on it.
3: I don't know. I can't tell. I want to bring it back one more time.
2: Yeah. Let me rerun that. And what's your
3: question on this play?
2: Like, where was I looking? Okay. <laughs> if I didn't call that foul, where was I looking? Okay. It looks like you're on it here. Yeah. Did I, did I watch him land is my question. Mm.
3: No, you didn't. I didn't. Nope. So making sure, here's a good tip for all jump shots. Four Fs. Feet. Is it two? Is it a three? Did he travel? He or she travel. Foul. Up in the air. Did he get hit in the arm or held or pushed? Um, floor. F's. Does he land? Does the defender give him time and space to land? Mm-hmm. And then flop. Flop is the final one did the offensive player flop so that's the four f's for you guys to apply for all jump shot plays no matter the level no matter the two person three person or the position that you're in so yeah keep your uh eyes locked in till 100%, that defender lands 100% um 428 a crew saver yeah yeah, he came from way, way in left field for that one. Oh yeah. Did the coach say anything to you not- notably at four twenty-eight? He Let's didn't see. have much interaction, so I was just trying to find some kind of communication content. Parts of the game. Oh, he was. He he was upset that it wasn't a travel. Okay, what but did he call? It ain't called call travel. Um, how did he approach you? What did he say? How'd you respond?
2: He just basically had his hands on his head, his head and he's like, How is that not a travel kind of thing? Kind of reaction. Okay, what'd you say? Was what I remember. Um I'm trying to remember what I said. Let's see.
3: And we're getting blurry. I said
2: of. I basically said that the ball was loose. That he didn't have any the player didn't have any control. Okay,
3: and then what did he say after that? He calmed down after that. Okay, so that's that was good. That was a good uh, explanation. You have the option, too, of asking them, oh, what did you see? If you felt like you need to right. add an, an, another line to that. Sometimes I mean, I you know. give them the rule base. So I, I had uh, the that's offensive that's player a was travel. fumbling the ball. That's a travel oh, I don't like my mechanic, though. What don't you like about it?
2: choppy okay it's very choppy is it still like really really blurry or no now it's good now it's good
3: mm-hmm.
2: okay. we'll rewatch this because i think you had this on there too
3: well a guy just joined the group who just took 30 years off from oh ref- yeah just took 30 years off from roughing and now he's back
2: Another thing I noticed, and they also pointed this out to me in a rough school, was one of my nervous habits is just messing with my pants.
3: Mm. I so. mean, listen, we I do that a lot, but maybe you do it more often. I don't know. I just think I see a lot of officials do that. It's like Especially when like our hands go up for something and the shirt kind of comes up, we just kind of feel and make sure it's okay. but. Just be conscious of how much you're doing. It shouldn't be like right. possession.
2: Yeah, what they were telling is it. i like, it kind of makes you look nervous or unsure. Mm-hmm. She said it was kind of one of the clinicians kind of told me it was an optics thing. Which you got any,
3: you got knee tucks?
2: No, I I usually just use a plastic belt where I I have a compression shorts that I wear underneath it but I'm definitely interested in those. I've heard I've heard good things so
3: it's the Did best wear way a... it's the best way to keep your shirt or uniform tucked. Yeah, I would definitely uh, recommend knee tucks. I I won't go on the court without them. It gives you that best uh tucked, cleanest, professional look. Way better than the belt or compression shorts which I've done both as well but to each his own. Right. Um, all right, where are we at? Which one do you want to look at now? The us see, 428. Um, you don't need to bring up 428. I, I just wanted to hear your conversation with him.
2: No, I'm trying to figure
3: out what's next. Um. Or, Foul in transition, 149, 149, 149. yep. We had a series of good no calls and called a foul in the lead position. So I just want to rehash this play. After a series of good no calls and some sloppy play, you call a foul in the lead position in transition. On film, we are stacked. So I'm not 100% it was a foul. Are you 100% it was a foul? remember to eliminate the foul type and the number of shots on the spots as its excess Um, if this was a foul then it would be a hit or illegal use of the hands you're presenting a hand check foul too often and they only occur on the perimeter in the backcourt that's another uh, thing to keep in mind the location of most hand checks fouls are in the perimeter of the backcourt they're not like um, end line they're not in the corner really because when, when a player, too, is driving to the basket, we don't want to kill it with a hand check unless it's a legal contact. You want to give it a second when he's in, like, that critical scoring area. That's a lacrosse term, critical scoring area, but close to the basket or driving to the basket.
2: Yeah, um, no, I definitely feel like it's that's one of those plays where I could have. Especially with, I don't know game situation foul count where it is was the contact pretty marginal probably was i stacked also probably um i feel like it's one that i could have could have just given an out of bounds
3: um can you can we see 149 one more time
2: yeah this one i feel like 100 percent. i could have just given a. hey he flopped
3: it out of bounds you felt like you had options there I felt like I definitely had options good. there. Options are good. They don't present each. Other. They don't present themselves a lot. So That's why I'm saying the importance of recognizing when they do. It'll be after this. And that yeah. takes that takes patience. Oh, we really can't see on film. Um, so, yeah, but it looked like you, you had the option of going out of bounds, so something to keep in mind. Um, 57 7 was a dependable position. We could skim through that. Let's go to third quarter, 507, player control foul.
2: This one, I was just. I remember this play so vividly. The guys in the lock, the VARC, guys from the next game asked me, they're like. What was going through your mind in that moment? I was like, I was just processing and I was just being hesitant on a decision. And it kind of made me look like I wasn't sure. When I, when, after I processed it, I, I knew what it was. I just took way too long. Mm -hmm. Five. Five oh seven, right?
0: Yeah.
2: On this drive
0: right here.
3: no calls I forget what you call All right, good so I agree with your decision to call a foul here here's a couple things to improve as you're running towards the end line make sure you shift your eyes to that last defender So you can certify their legality before the crash happens. So, like, right here, Zach, you got to be self-talking. Get your eyes to the last defender, eyes to the last defender. Pretty much as you cross half court and you you transition from old trail to new lead, then you got to start self-talking and thinking about your responsibilities and finding that defender that can hurt you the most and that there's only one defender in this play. So, boom, right now you'd be looking at him back and forth, offensive player, defender, legal, legal. And in your head, legal, legal, legal. And it's legal until he's illegal. Right. That's a pretty cut and dry one. So you stop the clock with the open hand, I see. I think you did that a couple times. I think I noticed that a couple times. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't notice it. I'm glad you didn't, so we could start to correct. Oh yeah, yeah. That hand looks open. Either that, or my fist isn't turned. I can't really tell. Because so, I know I had,
2: a, I know I had a bad habit of having a, my fist, or like my palm forward facing when I was making a fist. Oh yeah, the bushwhackers foul. Yeah. So it might have been that, to be honest. Bushwhackers
3: Pretty is a 1990s uh, W World Wrestling um, group, and they used to march like this. So anytime I see a ref call a foul like this, I always call it the Bushwhacker foul. <laughs> I um, like that
1: charge hand signal. That's different from what we would do Charge hand signal? Is that what you're doing there?
2: Yeah, so it's a little bit in high school. In NFHS, it's supposed to be a hand behind the head and then an open an extended open open palm for player control
1: okay cool
3: i would recommend going with the one finger or two finger point um uh let me just read 147 eliminate the habit of immediately signaling a hand check on a high on a on high percentage of your whistles being so quick with our signals also means our mind is racing. And we need to slow down our processing. Um, I said that before. Um, Fallon lead. Let's look at fifty-three
2: point seven. Fifty-three point
3: seven. In the third. Yeah. Are you pausing it or it's just freezing? I was pausing it. I was trying to get to the. I was trying to get to a time stamp
2: that I could. Like I said, it's kind of hard to. I don't like my positioning either. I should have been closed. I should have been closed down.
3: I don't see any officials. Oh, there's one. Oh, maybe it was. It's because I was all the
2: way out, almost by the three-point line back in that kind of the area behind the the black Chandler area
3: could you show that that foul again yeah my question was where did the legal contact occur it appears that b1 hits a1's arm so I'm curious why you reported a blocking foul take note that blocks do not occur in the air as they usually involve a grounded defender so that's for everybody else too on on you know blocks don't happen in the air yeah so. i have no clue why i think it was just another
2: situation of just not slowing down mm-hmm. could be giving my, myself some time to process mm-hmm. you know watching watching it on film it's cut and dry you know it's a different thing you know getting yourself to slow down on the court
3: mm-hmm. versus just sitting on your couch watching your film so hmm um, let's look at 742 in the fourth quarter we'll, we'll, go, 42. we'll go till 910 I'll try to get a few a few more in 42. all right you could let it play yep. um, looks like a clean block by number three white. My question, was there a legal contact or do you agree that it was clean? Let me hear your thoughts. So step to the end line, you'll make that adjustment.
2: That's one of those pressure cooker type plays I like to call it where shot miss rebound shot miss rebound and our kind of our heart rate and our like
3: anticipation level gets gets moved up a little bit yeah you said it best that's a good point pressure cooker fouls i like that yeah cuz it is intense there's multiple shot attempts there's multiple rebounds um there's four or five bodies in the paint so we're anticipating a foul but it's just important that we don't bite and I think you bit there. I think you had two right. really good no calls. So then you got to match that, you know, level of patience for that third play. And then you go oh, 3 30. for 3. 3 right. for 3. You know, the, I'm sure you guys have all experienced that play that that he just had where it speeds us up and you're like feel like you you feel like you might have missed something the first two. And then, boom, second, something happens on that third one, you're stopping the clock for a foul. So just be able to take a punch. Be able to take incidental contact without biting. Uh, 519, excellent off-ball coverage. is an off-ball foul. So off-ball fouls uh, really show who can ref. You know, um... Oh, Zach, where are you coming from? That that looked like a long commute. I know. I want to look
2: at that again. Where was I? <laughs> Way off the screen somewhere, you know, down in Oklahoma.
3: But it looked like when, you, when you're shown on the screen, it looked like you would already been running 15 steps. Yeah, so we got to be 28 foot here.
2: Oh, I was, you know what, it must have been, I think I was talking to the coach. I mean, I got caught in a conversation with the During coach. the live ball? It might have been because the play was quick, I guess, between between live balls, because he's right there at the end of the bench.
3: Yeah, so uh, there's no so That's need the only
2: to... thing I can think of is that I was somehow before the live ball.
3: Yeah, we absolutely can't cross the mid-court line to go have that conversation there. Yeah. You know, it's not even like it's not even like he's uh, on your strong side like this coach in the blue. Right. Then I can understand that, but he's totally taking us out of our responsibilities. I don't even really like doing that on a free throw. Cuz it's it's not where we're supposed to be. It's way too far out from where we're supposed to be. I got to understand maybe first of a, first shot of a free throw if you really need to go de-escalate the coach. I've done it. Right. I did it last year, I think, once. It didn't feel great doing it. Just I'm, like, going way out of my way. But I, I felt like that moment needed to be managed. Sharice, you have your hand up. What's going on? I appreciate it. All going in. Why was, why did could, could you say that again, Cherise?
0: On this play that just happened, I guess, a couple of seconds ago or maybe some frames ago, there was a foul. Was there a transition? Like, were we going the opposite direction? And then if we were, if you guys were, why are you making that long switch instead of your partner just pushing you on and he just staying at lead, reporting the foul and then coming back to lead in transition? So he would have been the new trail. One you got of, a, it's a, one of
2: these weird Arizona-specific things, where okay. they they want they want us switching on everything, on every foul.
0: Okay, it just seems
3: like no a, matter
2: what, if I'm working a college game late, or if I'm working like a summer like pro-am type thing, I'm not.
3: That's but, a national thing. That's not Arizona. On every foul, we switch. In high all school, right?
0: But we're going in transition, like we're going the opposite direction. Am I wrong? And did I not see that correct? There was a foul, and then we're going the opposite way. Like we didn't stay there at that in that front court, we're going the opposite direction, correct? Or am I, did I miss something?
3: Uh, just one. Um, which pl- timestamp are you talking about specifically? Uh,
0: no, I couldn't see it. It was like four plays oh. before is whatever uh, timestamp you had while we're on this sequence of plays. They haven't like when he was way back over there talking to the coach. That's what I was referring to.
3: Okay. So, so what was your? I know what play you're talking about. What was your okay. question again?
0: So my question was, I, I thought I saw a foul, and so yeah. now we're going the opposite direction. So my oh, question yeah, why yeah, is, why yeah, is there that long switch instead of your partner just pushing you? Oh yeah, gotcha. And he reporting the foul and coming back yeah. to his Listen, position on the new trail.
3: That's just something you guys can talk about in pregame. You know, that okay. I, Yeah, that could be one time where we don't switch. I understand that. Um, yeah. hey guys on you know when lead calls a player control file we don't have to do a long switch but but zach was also really far away so it looks like he's coming you know really far in if he was at 28 foot i think it'd look a little more natural um good stuff though let's uh let's look at one or two more let's look at pick one more you want to look at zach yeah let's see one Might want to look at three seventeen. Looks like I had a lot of uh, info there. Uh, rebounding foul. Yeah, that rebounding one. Yeah, let's look at that one. Three seventeen. Two two
4: four.
2: No, that was a it was a hard foul i remember it in real time too Could have
3: been a little bit more of a presence this one so i'll read the notes the nature of this foul with the offensive player crashing down the lane and committing a hard slapping foul might cause me to be prepared to dead ball officiate and take a step towards the players to show that court presence and limit any retaliation. Can you just optimize the clip for the last time? Yeah. Thank you. Um, Might cause us to to be prepared to dead ball officiate and take a step towards the play to show court presence and limit any retaliation. Nothing happened on this play, but keep that in mind and be ready to use your voice. So just having a feel for the game and knowing the moments when we might have to be proactive and manage players.
2: Place like that where things have happened
3: so just having to feel that it's a hard foul and like i said just being ready to use you your guys voice. see better now yeah thank you right in the dome and it, and even prior to that if you can just rewind that one more second
2: there was a lot of rustling in
3: yeah, yeah. So so our our awareness should be really up right there. See the little push, the little it's a sloppy, it's a dirty play. We got to kill it. So right. Which you did, but just know there's going to be times where the player retaliates, whether it's he says something or he just steps to him or maybe it's it's nothing, but you're there to step in between and use your voice and project, use your authority voice in that situation. Taylor, you have a question?
4: yeah back to free throws so um doing a tournament this summer and um one of the guys like that you had the shooter so on the opposing team he was acting like he was falling and almost like it was really believable like he's about to fall but i started to realize he's doing it to make the shooter like to distract the shooter i told him to stop and he did but what happens if he doesn't stop is this Would that is a, be a violation or?
3: <laughs> this, is, this is a defender on the free throw line?
4: Yeah. In lane yeah.
3: spaces? And he falls yeah. down in his space?
4: No, he doesn't even fall. He's acting like it. Like he's losing his balance. And I, I picked up on it like, hey, relax on the first shot. I picked up he's doing it to distract a shooter.
3: But he didn't violate, right?
4: No. So he but, was just
3: kind of like leaning forward?
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, I would use your voice there. You you could tell them, you know, that could be a violation. I I could view it as dis, disconcertion, which is not mm-hmm. going to know what that means. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what you described. I don't see it as a violation. But if you feel like you should have s- spoken, that's always a good thing. Being okay. Yeah. yeah
4: and he quit after it but it was it was even on the first shot when you're supposed to relax you know and i saw mm-hmm. it happen multiple times i finally just was like hey you gotta stop but it's real believable like he was about to fall but he's just trying to distract the shooter in my eyes mm-hmm.
3: yeah absolutely um zach you can uh x out of the screen share we'll wrap it up um anything in closing you any other questions in closing you want to ask or any other uh, comments for you?
2: Um, I guess. What are your I mean, I've definitely worked on slowing down and I feel like I've slowed down a bit since this. um, This film was taken, but you know, a big thing for me and big emphasis this year is just continuing to slow down, especially in the processing stage. Um, What are your tips for you know, good self talk in those moments to
3: to push yourself to
2: You know, it's it's to to shift down a gear.
3: I would say it's more than just the micro self talk in that possession. It's more of just being overall more confident and more poised and just so I would I would go more macro there and just trying to just be more seasoned and develop and then you don't have to use these self-talk motivational moments to like bring you back to it but um one thing worked for me is just super slow-mo super slow-mo you know just saying that to myself made me go slower than what i would normally go if i was just saying slow down right um but better than that just ipr in yourself so like this season you should get as much film as possible sit down with a notepad and literally You know, I gave you a blueprint on how to break down your own film and how to mark things. So I would just start deep diving into your own film study. I mean, that's really how I even got to have a film review uh, service is I have a notebook this big of, you know, two, three years of me breaking down every game I had access to in detail. And I, I learned a lot and grew a lot from that process because you're, you're, you're learning twice when you, you're watch you ref the game. Now you're watching the game. And then on top of that, you're, you're making notes and creating education on top of that. So it's a really great way to accelerate, accelerate your growth. I've heard some guys saying, saying that,
2: uh, doing film study or review, reviewing your own game is like the equivalent of working 10
3: games. Mm i don't have any sense. data on that but it sounds like it, it could it could uh work yeah yeah
2: i mean i don't have any data obviously i don't have any data <laughs> on that either but i thought it was i understand what they're i understand what they're saying and just you know seeing yourself officiate yeah, while like, watching the plays is just another deeper level of understanding of you know having that awareness of what you look like and what you're doing out there is just so important
3: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's like getting dressed for work and putting on your clothes and and leaving without uh looking at yourself in the mirror right right it's like yeah you you picked out a nice outfit but you don't know how it looks because you haven't seen it with your own eyes you know so uh, i would encourage everybody to watch as much film as possible thank you for listening to the crown refs podcast serve the game